Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Subscribe today to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode. Hey friends and welcome to The Happy Hour. My name is Jamie Ivey and I am your host and I'm so glad that you're here with us today. The Happy Hour is a podcast that is just what it is. It's a happy hour. It's me and another girlfriend talking about important things, silly things, whatever's going on in their world, whatever's going on in my world. It's just a fun conversation that I hope you'll enjoy listening to. Today, my friend that's joining me is my friend Deborah Parker. And I have known her since about 2007. Since then, we have both adopted children from Haiti. We both have begun working with sex trafficking in our cities. And she just has an awesome story that I think you're really going to enjoy. Today, we talk about Instagram, people that we follow. We talk about adoption. We talk about sex trafficking. We talk about books we're reading, movies we've seen. Um, I think you're going to enjoy it. So this is my friend, Deborah, And I also want to say thank you to a couple people who've left comments. Alex King left a comment on Stitcher. And they said, happy hour is so much fun. It really does just feel like you're hanging out with a bunch of girlfriends. Also, great conversations about adoption. And I always walk away with book recommendations. I love that. I love to read and I love to hear what other people are reading. And I always ask my guests for their reading. Sarah Amelia said, this is the perfect podcast to listen to while I drive my husband to and from work. I feel like I'm right there dropping in on a conversation amongst friends. I love hearing other women's stories and being able to identify and be encouraged by them. Sarah, that is exactly why I do the happy hour. Because I love women's stories. I love connecting women to other women. And I love people being encouraged by other people's stories. Another Sarah left a comment on Stitcher and she said, I look forward weekly to the new podcast put out by Jamie Ivey. Her spunky, upbeat, positive attitude is so addicting. Her guests on the podcast are inspiring and down-to-earth women, and this is the first podcast that has ever kept my attention. Subscribe to it and you won't forget it. Sarah, thanks a lot. Your encouraging words mean more to me than anything, so thank you so much. I love sharing these women that I get to talk to with all of you. If you want to subscribe, you can look it up and iTunes or on Stitcher. It's on both places. So here we go. Let's get rolling with the happy hour. This is my friend Deborah Parker. Enjoy. Hey Deborah, welcome to the happy hour. Hi, so, so glad, glad to be here. I'm so glad we could work this out. Because yeah, I have been wanting to talk to you about life for a long time, and I just decided we should record it and put it out there for everybody to hear. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. And what all of the listeners don't know that they can't see is that we randomly are wearing the exact same shirt. <laughs> and exactly. this is not like a shirt you buy at Target. This was like, what What did this shirt, uh, what did this shirt go for? I mean, it was a fundraiser. Someone's adoption fundraiser. Okay. Right? Yeah. I, I can't remember. I bought this shirt a long time ago. It says Love is Rising. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember who it was for, but I wear this shirt at least once a week. <laughs> I wear mine a lot, too. Because it's really it soft. It's design, and it's really soft. Yes. Yay, yay, yay. Okay. So, how's your, how's your summer? It is fast and furious. 
like one thing to another seems just like you. And so it's been great. It's been so good. Our summer, let's see. Well, since I'm not on social media, nobody knows what I'm doing, which (laughs) that's like kind of cool, I think. Is that like, but for there's a part of me that wants everyone to know what I'm doing, which what is that about us that we want everyone to know what we're doing? It's weird, we want isn't it? No, we, we want, want to know, know each other and we want I to be guess. known. I, I keep having these thoughts about social media. I'm like, is it weird that I want people to know where I just spent the last two weeks? Is it, I don't know, but I, I think, I don't know. People that I talk to know, you know. Yeah. Yeah. People in your circle. Yeah. I just spent the last two weeks in Tennessee. That's where I was. In Tennessee, what did you do for two weeks? Well, it was not exactly two weeks. It was about two days shy of two weeks, which I'm going to round up because we were in the car for a lot. And so I I get to say two weeks. Uh, We went out there. Aaron's parents live in Cleveland, Tennessee. So we visited them for a few days. And then we have some friends that have a house in Lenore City. So we stayed there for a week and we're out on the boat all day. And then we have friends in Nashville. So we're there for two days. And then we came home. So fun. And, but on the way home, we didn't drive all the way. We stayed in a hotel, so. We, yeah, we that's always nice. Yeah. We I just know. did a road trip to New Orleans and to Florida in four days. Wait, okay. you went to both of them? Yeah, like stopped in New Orleans on the way. Uh-huh. And then was in Florida for two days, came back, stopped in New Orleans, and back home. What did you go to Florida for? Um, quick getaway. Wow, the whole family? No, just the two of us. You and Ernest. Yeah. I've never been to New Orleans. Um, wow. Worth it? That's a whole conversation in itself. I really had it there. But I hear they have good food. Is that true? Yeah, it was great food. Great food. Okay. Is it worth it, do you think? Um, yeah, I think it's interesting. A friend of ours said that it's one of the cities that you have to see, you know, within our country. Like, you just have to experience it. It's just, it's just really dark in some places. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've never been to Las Vegas, so it seemed kind of like maybe that would feel, um, maybe on a country level or something. I don't know. I've never been to Vegas either. Yeah, I haven't been to Vegas, but Bourbon Street, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like crazy, everything you would have think it, like I think crazy. Is it like that? Like, like strip club after strip club after strip club. Really? With, with girls standing out on the street. Inviting you to coming, it was just so much, <laughs> so much for me. <sighs> I don't know that I could handle it. And all the work that I do, it was just, I don't know. I wanted to scream. <laughs> you know, I don't like. There's, we live in Austin, obviously, and Sixth Street is like a, I guess, yeah. famous for its bars and clubs and stuff. I try to stay away from Sixth Street as often as I can. But there's an Alamo Draft House down on Sixth Street, and so if you go to a late movie, when you come yeah. out, you're in the thick of. Sixth Street. Yeah. And whenever we come out of a late movie down there, usually I've fallen asleep in the movie, so I'm a little groggy <laughs> walking out onto Sixth Street. But I am just like in awe. I don't this makes me sound so old. I'm just in awe of all the people out walking around at like twelve thirty in the morning. Yeah. I mean, I'm one of them because I just came out of the movie theater that late, which is dumb. Who needs to see a movie that late? But I'm just in awe of that. It's crazy. Well, the hotel manager, when we checked in, he said, you 
you know, we were asking for restaurant recommendations. He was like, well, there's some great restaurants on Bourbon Street, but you guys kind of seem like you may not want to hang out there. And I kind of got offended. I was like, are you saying that we're old? We're so, and then I, I understood when I got out there and understood. He was like, the party doesn't start till one in the morning and goes all the way to like 9 a.m. Obviously I wasn't there until 9 a.m., but it was, it was interesting. Oh my gosh. Okay. I have so much I want to talk to you about. Yeah. Lots of other stuff. But I have a question for you. Um, okay. Since I have been off social media for a while. Are you on Instagram? Yes. You seem like you'd be a good Instagrammer because you're a photographer. Well, yes. In my former life. <laughs> but yes. I love I love Instagram. It is so fun. You have an eye, I bet. Um, you know, I'd like to think so. <laughs> so when you post photos on Instagram, because there's two types of people I feel like on Instagram. Yeah. They're either taking like really cool looking photos or mm-hmm. it's like their kids. Right. What, which one do you fall under? I think a little bit of both. Okay. I really do. I think I try to take really um, cool photos of my kids that I will look back on and remember. Okay. To me, it's kind of like a scrapbook. Yeah. I don't scrapbook, I don't really blog anymore. So this is what I have because I never carry around my like legit camera and right. never ever bring it out anymore so my phone literally captures every moment that I want to remember yeah I'm like that I've had books printed from my Instagram yeah which I think is good now I've also noticed this summer since I'm not posting to Instagram I have taken way fewer pictures of my family which yeah. I thought it would be the opposite I thought I would just click away but I haven't which also shows something really deep and ugly about me do I only take pictures so that other people can see them like, what's wrong with me? Am I not like, what is this? I'm trying to figure out why, have, how has it been like that? I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so real quick before we get into the good stuff. I found, I want to talk to you about two things. This on Instagram and then some movies. And then we're going to talk about deep, heavy, good stuff. Okay. Um, okay, so on Instagram, I found this thing that says 19 celebrities that we should follow on Instagram. Do you follow any celebrities on Instagram? Oh, okay. So this is going to show my such dorky nature, but not really. I don't follow celebrities per se. Uh A few Christian celebrities that like people I don't know. Um, Like I'm so, so intrigued by um, all things New York City. I love New York City. If I think in many realms, I would live there if I could. Which you drove Um, a family there once. Yeah, yeah, we did. We literally spent seven days in the city last year. Which was, and we never got tired of it. But anyway, um, so I follow Laura Lentz, um, which is Carl Lentz. They're the pastors of Hillsong Church. Oh, yes. I was just talking with my friend Macy in Nashville about, she visited Uh Hillsong there. Okay, yeah. So I went to the Hillsong Conference in New York City last year, and after that, I followed Laura Lentz. Because I had this rule that, like, I'm not going to follow people I don't know. Okay, why do you have that rule? Um, I just had it because I thought that it would be less social media ish. Okay. Like I'm just following people that, that are my friends so that I'm just kind of talking, having a conversation with my friends when I'm posting on Instagram, whatever. It's not really that way, but it kind of seemed that way for a little bit. And so I follow Laura Lentz and I follow Esther, I guess, Houston. Oh, Esther Houston. I don't know who that is. So she is also Hillsong. Okay. Her husband is Joel Houston, I think. I'm not really great on the names, but she's like a model. She's glamorous. Like, 
her lifestyle is glamorous uh-huh. and and this is like the super dorky part um i am like reality tv all the way it's it's bad actually i probably need an intervention and so i follow um just recently like within the last week um jill duggar who just got married or yes, i don't know she's one of the duggar kids so I've been following like what she's making for dinner and okay, her I would totally quick. follow her because I'm intrigued with that whole family. Yes, I'm so intrigued. Like she has this she posted a picture that like has this wall of I don't know, at least twenty pictures on the back wall. She's lived in her house for three weeks and she already has like twenty pictures hung on her wall and they're all of her and her sweet little husband. Aww. And so I'm like, it's just the cutest thing, and it makes me such a dork. But so, so those are celebrities. Celebrities. I don't really follow celebrities. Right. I follow. I don't know what we would call them. Okay, people so I don't. I was looking through this list, and it said these are like the 19 celebrities that this website. Tell me because I need to follow them. So I don't. Right. I'm not even that familiar with all of them, which is going to show my dorkiness. The first one's Lauren Conrad. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't even know who that is. Come on. The Hills, right? Oh, yeah. I never or, heard of The Hills. You don't know what The Hills is? I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. Is it on, like, the WB or something? Okay. <laughs> so, The Hills was, man, it was a long time ago. It was the whole, um... Was it, like, Spencer reality, and but not? Heidi, Spencer and Heidi. I really think this is where Lauren what came from, but I could be totally wrong. And then she started, like, a style... Maybe she writes a style blog now. Okay, I'm totally, well, that's probably why I'm not into style. Okay, the next one is Zoe Deschanel. Oh, I don't know who that is. She's in but this I, new movie that some of my friends, like, really, really love. She's an actress, singer, songwriter. Okay, huh. I don't know who she is either. I don't follow her either. These people have, like, three million followers. Okay, Drew Barrymore. Oh, but she's adorable. She's so cute, and her pictures, I would follow her, I think. Mm-hmm. Beyonce. I- Beyonce. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Beyonce. Back I to Drew Barrymore, she also just has great hair. I mean, I really yes. love her hair. Didn't she just it have a baby? It looks like she does Do what? Didn't she just have a baby? Mm, have no clue. Okay. I only know about her hair. Well, it is pretty in the picture that I saw. <laughs> okay, the next one is I Am Diddy, which is Sean Diddy Combs. Okay. I would follow him. He has some cool pictures up already. I, I can see the pictures. Okay, Miley Cyrus. Um, wow. It would be hard. I, I think I would follow just for, like, the intrigueness, but yeah. I, I'm so just, like, feel over this Miley Cyrus thing. I mean, I, I feel would like she's mom. gone off the deck. I feel like a mom, too. Like, I'm just like, where is your mom? What yeah. happened? Yeah. I'm like, somebody, anybody, intervention. Somebody, Come on. anybody. <laughs> uh, Lady Gaga. <laughs> of course. Which I'm looking at. I've never looked her up, but that, why haven't I? Yeah, I know. I'm, her top pictures are all of her dogs, so. Awesome. Okay, Oprah. Okay, so I, I totally do check out Oprah, Oprah sometimes. You do? Her feed, her feed does intrigue me. I would totally do you ever go on Instagram on that little part where you can, like, check what's popular, I guess? No. Okay, so there's this other part you can go, like, if you're really bored and you really have nothing to do. Gotcha. Um, sometimes her pictures post up there. And, like, she posts pictures of her garden and, like, her cooking dinner a lot with, like, no glam. Oh, just, I like that. You know, like, I, I love that part. Like, uh-huh. just looking like a normal person. You, you know, said like, she posts pictures that. of herself cooking dinner? Yeah. 
Is there well, a chef in there with her, or is she really cooking dinner? Yeah, maybe every once in a while she cooks her. No, own. the chef's taking the picture. That's what's happened. She's like, take a picture <laughs> while I stir this sauce. <laughs> Um, teaching her. Yeah, teaching her how to do it. Okay, John Stamos. Oh, wow. I wouldn't have thought. I wouldn't have thought either. But there it is. Famous. Okay, I'm going to mess up this name. Lupita, the cute little girl. No, she's not little. She's a young woman. Cute young woman that was in 12 Years a Slave. Oh, seen it. She won a um, huge award at one of the award shows. And she was People's Most Beautiful Person in 2014. She's very beautiful. Yeah, I'm actually, uh, her, her face is coming to my mind now. Yeah. Um, Britney Spears. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. You know, Britney hasn't been much in the limelight lately, I don't think. Not that I'm, like, up on, on all things celebrity news, but. I haven't heard about her in a while. Either. Seems mostly pretty calm. I guess. That's good, though. I think. JT. JT. I think I follow JT, actually. Do you? I think so. My girlfriend, Megan, who, she did a podcast with me. She, when I say she loves Justin Timberlake, I mean, she loves him. (laughs) Um, Okay, the next one is The Rock. The Rock. Wow. Never one of all his pictures I'm looking at are just him, like, lifting weights. (laughs) Maybe a dude. I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to see that. I don't either. Anna Kendrick? Ooh, I don't know who that is. I have no idea who that is either. She looks kind of young. Anna Kendrick. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Really? Yes. Really? I don't know why. Where does he post? Well, the pictures I'm looking at, one's him next to an elephant. One's him arm wrestling <laughs> someone. <laughs> one is him... Like snowboarding back in the day. I mean, I don't know. Hmm. I, I, don't, I don't want to follow him. I don't want to follow him. I mean, I feel like we would just get lots of muscle pictures with yeah, that. I'm not interested. Glory okay, days. Next is Justin Bieber. Yeah, I imagine so. I have no desire to follow him. I feel like a mom. Yes. Every time I see anything he posts, I just, I just feel like a mom. And and I hear great things about his mom. You know, I'm, sh- I'm sure she she must be a great mom. It's just so stressful to watch their Instagram feed. It's you know, it's stressful to watch their life, Deborah. Like everything yeah. about it, it stresses me out as a mom. Yeah. You're right, it's a mom thing. Now you have I don't know how old Justin is, and I don't know how Carly, your daughter, is. Does she like Justin? Um, so she loved Justin around our house, JB. You oh, know, JB. like she <laughs> she loved JB, JB mm-hmm. with with a heart of passion for many, many, many years. I mean. She was the epitome of a schoolgirl who was all about that. Like, I think we have Justin Bieber fragrance in our house um, left over. But when he started going off the deep end a little, it was really sad for her. She really wanted to believe that everything he said he was going to adhere to. Like, he was, you know, she she was... When he and I guess it is it Selena Gomez that uh-huh. you know they have the same thing when they first started like going on vacation together and she would post pictures or she would Carly would show me pictures of them like really intimately uh-huh. of them together and she's like mom don't worry they're waiting till they get married to have sex and, and all of these kinds of things like yeah sure they are Carly <laughs> sure like, they are don't be like you're I have not raised you to be this night oh, come on 
But she just wanted to believe. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because, well, in essence, she wanted to marry him. So she's like, Every husband, did. <laughs> wait for me. Yes. Well, these that I've been saying are not in any kind of order because he okay. has like 16 million followers. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Okay. Yes, next and I'm his oh, feet, so. Yeah. Katy Perry. Oh, okay. Okay. Katy Perry would be interesting. I mean, her. Yeah. Did you ever see her documentary? It was interesting just that. You know, I haven't seen it. But you know my friend Maris? Yes. Yeah. She loves Katy Perry. Yeah. Um, I have not seen that documentary. I actually haven't really, like, I've seen it on my Netflix feed forever, but I haven't really been interested in it. Is it good? Yes. Yes. I think it's good. It's hard to watch because, essentially, her parents were like us. And, and, I mean... I don't know them, but they worked in church work. They were about the church. And so seeing how their teenager kind of made her own decisions and what their, you know, how they dealt with that and all those kinds of things, it's just hard. And then it talks about her marriage and the downfall of that too. So that was hard. She started out in Christian music, didn't she? I think so. Yeah. Maybe so. And maybe they talk about that. It's been a while since I've watched it. That would be odd. Remember her song? Didn't she sing that song, I Kissed a Girl and I Like It? Or I Liked mm-hmm. It or something like that? Oh. Uh-huh. Okay, the next is Kim Kardashian. Of course. Are you intrigued with the Kardashians? Like you're intrigued with uh, okay. the Duggar I'm girl? totally intrigued with the Kardashians as well. I'm telling you, I have an unhealthy, um, you know, like reality TV thing going on and I had my stopping point at the Kardashians for a lot of years I was like no I can't do that you know you can't watch that but then I don't know everything was off on Netflix we didn't have cable everything else on Netflix I felt like I watched and we didn't have cable so I started Kardashians and you got sucked in I got sucked in (laughs) I I really I don't know I I am so intrigued with their lifestyle it's crazy it's not it's not reality at all like they have someone do their hair every day and makeup and nails and, you know, like, Jeez. it would, that part of life seems amazing to me. Like, I would love someone to come do my hair every that day. has to get old, but, Yeah, I guess so. But, I, I mean, know, it let doesn't me try it out. like it would be old to me right now, but, <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, their lifestyle. Yeah. Um, Taylor Swift is the last one. She's cute. She's cute. I don't know much about her. I've been to her concert oh, with Carly. Yes, and we sang every single song, and it was the it was the best concert I've ever been to. I heard she her, was on a really good show. She does. And her mom, have you ever been to one? No. So her mom goes to, I guess, a lot of them. So they walk her mom into the concert and, like, kind of a spotlight on her mom before the show ever happens. So the buzz is like to watch her mom walk in. She stands back at the sound booth. And so the majority of the night I kept turning to watch her mom watch her. Yeah. And it was like, it was the sweetest thing I've ever seen. Like the whole night she's just beaming, you know, with joy for her daughter and just there present watching everything that was going on. I can't imagine what that felt like. That is so sweet. I always, if I'm at a concert, like when I worked at the radio station, I got to go to a couple like concerts for country music people and, if I was, like, backstage, I would always find the wife. I'm yeah. always interested in the wife of the singer because that's my role. Right. And so I remember when, gosh, Aaron and I were dating, I think. We went to a Delirious concert. Remember Delirious? 
<laughs> oh man, you got to get delirious. We went to a delirious concert at some church, I think in Waco or something. And I remember seeing all these women come up with all these kids and sit in the very, very back. And I was like, oh, that's all their wife. Not one guy's wife. Yeah. Not like sister wife. <laughs> Not sister wife. Which I love that show, by the way. Um, but it was like the wives of the band guys and all their kids. And I remember being like, oh, that's so dreamy. That's going to be one me one day. And, you know. <laughs> It's not as dreamy as it sounds, but I just always have been enthralled with like the wives of the singers. Yeah. Which is yeah. so sweet. Really cool. Okay. So those are all your new Instagram followers. That I'm going to follow them. Well, you don't know. So you can't follow them because you don't know them. That would break your Well, rule. I mean, I already broke the rule. You oh, know, yeah, that's for... right. With your two Hillsong celebrities. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's so hilarious. weird. So weird. That's so funny. Aaron's actually going to Australia in next month or two. I don't know when. And they might go to Hillsong. Oh, so I said that I want to go to Australia just to go to Australia. Do you know that when they fly back from Australia, they leave on a Monday and get home on a Sunday the day before? That's crazy. They, like, get a whole nother day of their life back. That's crazy. So, like, if they've ever had a day where they wasted for nothing, they get it back. So, how long is the flight? I guess. Yeah. I don't know. A day? I don't know. I'm just kidding. I don't know. 24 hours? I don't know. I don't know. It has to be forever. Like, when we went to Greece this summer, we came back, and we gained eight hours. So, essentially, so fun. like, we, we only traveled for, like, I don't know, four or five hours. Yeah, instead of 18. <laughs> so okay. fun. Okay, so I recently read a book mm-hmm. that I want to chat with you about. Okay. So I just finished it this week. It's called Girls Like Us by Rachel Lloyd. And you have read this book and you have read many other books. And I want you real quick to just give people are listening um, a little like, not synopsis, just a little information about your life and what you're doing with sex trafficking industry. And if you just joined us and we've been talking about celebrity Instagram people, now it's like, wah, 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 sex trafficking. <laughs> I should have warned everyone ahead of time. Um, but this is something that I have seen in your life over the past, I don't know, year, two years. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. Just watching you get involved when the, with this. And just for myself, a little background, it's something I've always known about and existed and watch people deal with them afar. But I've never really, it's not that I haven't been, I haven't been uninterested. It's just like, right. there's a million causes in the world and this one just hasn't ever been on my radar. But a couple of months ago, I told you this already. I went on a ride around town with a ministry here that serves um, women that are being exploited sexually and trafficked. And she pointed out brothels in my town, like in Austin, close to my neighborhood, Places where women are being trafficked, and since then, it's wrecked my world. And so, it has wrecked my life, whereas I just think about these ladies all the time. I think about all this, and so, you are the friend of mine that I'm like, Deborah has been dealing with this for however long it has been. So, tell us that journey for you, and then we'll talk about that. Okay. So, I would say about two years ago, um, maybe even three, I just was invited to this documentary Um, at a theater. It was across the city from where I lived, and I went to see it. And right now, for the life of me, of course, I can't remember the name of it, but it was basically like celebrities 
just kind of opening my eyes to there is a problem with human trafficking. It happens across the world. This is what it is. They weren't really talking about human trafficking um, in America. They were more talking about trafficking internationally. Um, so that was my first in. There was a ministry that was like standing outside of the theater whenever we got out that kind of gave out pamphlets. Um, so I heard of a group in our city that was kind of doing something. That was the first time I heard like, oh, this is happening in Houston, Texas. So like, you okay. watch the documentary, you're like, oh, this is what most people in America think. Myself right. included. Oh, this is happening in Thailand or this is happening in India or this is happening in Taiwan. You thought that, but you never thought, right. oh, this is happening in Texas. Right. It was kind of different. It was the first time I was like, oh, okay, we have a ministry that's doing this here. So at that time, we had just brought home an adopted child. I was not ready to get involved in anything other than parenting my family. You had a newborn and you had just brought home a child, right? right. Yes, yes. So it was it was crazy. So granted, I, that was like a date night for us or something like that, like free date night. That's, why, that's kind of why I was there. But... I um, have been doing student ministry alongside my husband forever, it feels like, since we were newly married. And um, so girls or teen girls have always been, like, up front in my life. Like, it's what I pour my life out for is serving these teenage girls. So when it proposed to me that these are teen girls, in, you know, in my city, then I had to ask, you know, well, Lord, what am I supposed to do about this? So I just kept asking those questions. There weren't necessarily a lot of answers. It was just a lot of learning. I read books like Girls Like Us. I read um, A Slave Across the Street. I just kept learning. I went to um, a conference that was like a aftercare training. I don't even know how I got invited because I was supposed to have finished a lot of different things before I ever made it to this conference, but somehow... They let me in, and I just learned about the entry to human trafficking, what it looks like for, for someone who was raised just like me. You know, what does it look like for my next-door neighbor or, or girls in my student ministry? Um, so I just took that knowledge away, and it was about the same time as that as I got in contact. I was also adopted at birth, and I got in contact with my birth mom um, through a random series of events, and learned that all of the scenarios that I had been studying about with all of these girls she had in her life. Like, I'm not saying she was human trafficked, but she was definitely for a while, um, you know, in a trade that she did not pick for herself mm -hmm. or, or wouldn't have picked for herself. And so it, it, I wondered like if that was why I was learning all of this was to, um, understand her, to have grace for her, to understand um, what essentially I came out of. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was a weird season, you know, because that's like, it's like so much, so much, so it was fast. a lot in your head. It was a lot. In your heart yes, and emotions. So much and in my head. But um, learning about that, meeting her, like really fueled a fire. And then crazy enough, like we met randomly, I would say, like it was, it was not this grand scheme. We just thought we, I needed to know her, um, kept feeling pushed to do that. So I just followed the promptings. And then 82 days after I met her, she passed away, um, unexpectedly. And so I really felt like that was a grace that I was able to know her, but that alone also pushed me 
to learn further. Like, what can I do for her? Like, what, what was I set apart for, for her? And so essentially through that, we kind of learned a lot more of our city. We learned the dynamics of what's going on and what could I really do? Like, honestly, I tried, I, I was going out with people in the middle of the night trying to, you know, bust out brothels and, and was part of some things like that. But I learned quickly that that wasn't, you know, where I was supposed to be, that I was most effective and and I was most powerful when I prayed Mm. and when I gathered people to pray, um, like things, crazy things would happen in our city. Like the next morning we would hear about, you know, like literally 17 girls, you know, came out of this raid last night after we were praying. It's crazy. I think, too, I want to just say something right here because you just said that it made me think. I feel when I went on that tour with the lady here in town, she said a lot of people are be, will come to her and be like, I want to go in. I want to go in. I want to go in. And they do a ministry. Their ministry basically is aftercare. So that's their whole thing set up is as a woman gets out of being trafficked, she has a, a safe place to go to and recover. And it's a, it's a gospel center place. So they talk about Jesus. But she says a lot of, they also do services where they actually go into these places and build relationships. Right. She says a lot of people, they're just like, I want to go in, I want to go in, I want to go in. And then six months later, they're like, this isn't really what I thought it was, you know, because I think that people in their best intentions have this idea that they're going to go in and this woman is going to be like, thank you. I've been waiting for you right. to save me. And I can I come live with you? Oh, my gosh, I'm so glad that I met you. And that's not reality. Right. So not I love when you said that that's not where I was called to do. I wasn't called to go in because a lot of times we're like, well, if I, what are I, I don't know what I can do for this, you know, this, uh, this stuff that goes on in our country. But mm-hmm. what you're talking about is prayer. Yes. I mean, well, you know, we tried, we really did. We were part of a group that went into one specific um, spa, like once a month we prayed mm-hmm. every like say, I think it was on a Wednesday. So yeah. like every Wednesday night we prayed for this spa, like maybe we drove around and then one night we went in and took drinks. Uh-huh. Now granted that spa ended up closing down and we were part of it. Like I was asked to go in and take out the women. It was crazy. crazy. It was crazy. And now we have a relationship with one of the women's daughters who's 12 years old. Prime candidate, right? Exactly. Um, but at the same time, realizing that what what brought us there was prayer. It would have been better for those women had um, maybe law enforcement been the people that had gone in, or undercover women who who know the structure, who know who could have gained evidence to like prosecute. Whereas we didn't have any of that evidence, so really we didn't change anything. They're just going to open another spa somewhere else, right? And these women will just move somewhere else. So it's it's tricky because we are a do society. We want to we physically want to do, something. do something. Yes. So and tell us we what have, you started because yours is not what what you do to some people yeah. is not very glamorous or it's not a doing thing, which it actually is very much so. But to some people, it might sound like it's not that fun. Tell us what you started. Okay. So for her is a nonprofit organization, and we. It's kind of in parts, like we have a research aspect where we literally research the girls in our city who are working day to day. They post online and we know how to gain that information. We know how to gain information from their postings that um, we can track them. So they, when they move from city to city, we can essentially know where they are at any time. Um, And we do that for purposes just to kind of keep an eye on them, make sure they haven't like gone off the grid. Um, We turn those 
that evidence also into law enforcement. But we gain their names. And so say there's a girl, Sarah, who says she's 23 and she's working downtown Houston. So someone in our church or maybe just friends around the city or wherever, it's not just open to, to church, but um, we'll say, I want to pray for a girl. And so that day we have Sarah's name. So we give them Sarah's name on a card with all these different methods, different ways how to pray for them, pray for their freedom, pray for them to see Jesus, pray for them, you know, like different promptings. But so they pray for Sarah, who's 23, and somehow, I don't know how it happens, but they become so, um, and kind of in love with this girl, like this girl becomes a daughter to them, um, a friend, you know, like when we first promoted it, you know, that's how we kind of felt the call, I guess, if you will, because remember it was kind of for my birth mom. How could I step into her story? How could I have stepped in when no one else was there? And so, Carly and I went on stage at an event called Rise, and there were like, I don't know, maybe over a 1,000 women, and we just presented to them, we have names that you can pray for, and you can pray for this girl, like she's your daughter, like she's your sister or your friend, and don't pray with weak prayers. Don't come like you're just doing nothing. Like, come with every bit of faith that you have, and try to believe that something can happen. And so that's what we do, essentially. So we have, like, right now, we have, like, 200 names of girls working in our city. About 75 of them are, like, constant Houston, Texas all the time. The rest kind of fluctuate um, back and forth. And we mostly deal with online girls right now just because we don't go out and talk to them. You know, like, girls on the track, we don't go out and ask their name. What do you mean online girls? Girls that are posting their information online. Yes, okay. girls that are posting information online. Which, some people, that doesn't even make sense. When you say that, you mean that they're posting information for people to use their services? Yes. Okay. So, so in within, like, Houston sex trade, there are girls that walk what they call the track. And so there will be certain, you know, streets in the city that are known for to have prostitutes, mm-hmm. essentially, is what we would think, walking the streets and offering themselves for services. There's another way online. There's many websites online where girls can be sold. And usually that is, you know, underage or minor girls because they're very hard to get to. The process for someone to call and get to them is so tricky and so guarded so that um, police and FBI cannot just find their way in. Um, So that's really tricky. So those are the girls that we mostly have names to pray for. And so we can share their names because she's going to say, you know, her name is Star and she's 21, but really her name is not Star. And she's probably but we, 21. Right, right. But we're just, you know, gearing those prayers towards her, who, whatever her name is, you know. So I, I just have fallen in love with this since you first told me about this whenever you did. And I love it so much. Um, so if someone's listening and they're in, I don't know, Minneapolis, Minnesota, And they're sitting here listening and they're like, oh my gosh, like, how can I pray for someone in my city? Like, is that possible for them? Do you guys have something set up with for her for other cities? Tell tell me about that. Okay. So right now we're in Houston and we're in San Antonio and we, we want to, you know, we are open to other or not organizations, but other groups of people saying, Hey, I want to bring this to my city. It's kind of hard for us to do all the research right now for every city. 
But if enough people wanted to get together and say, hey, I want to learn how to do research, mm-hmm. we would we would welcome showing someone how to do that to, to gather a group in their city. How can they reach um, And what I didn't say about what we do is then once a month, everybody who's praying for a girl each day, um, you know, as their daughter or sister friend, once a month we're gathering at the same time for one specific hour of prayer. So, like, we took a break this summer, but it's usually the first Tuesday of every month from, like, 8 to 9 o'clock, and we're just praying for one hour. It can look however, whatever way that group decides it to look. Ours is really, like, we have worship, we have prayer. It's, like, song in and out, just reading scripture. You know, it's kind of a little organic, if you will. But, yeah, so if someone in Minneapolis, they wanted to start a group, we're open to extending that to them. We're right now in the process of creating those systems so that we can invite, you know, the masses, if they would like to, to pray for girls in their city, that we would be able to show them how to do that. We're working on an app. How cool is that? An app? Look at you, big time. Oh, well, I mean, and I say working on, which I mean dreaming up. That's good. Everything starts with a dream. How can people reach you guys? Um, So we have a Facebook page. It's just, I guess if you search for her on Facebook, we're at group or. Okay. I'll put all this in the show notes. Just so we're clear, when she's saying for her, she means F-O-R and then H-E-R. For her. Yes. For her. Mm -hmm. I love it. This is so good. I love it so much because I feel like so many times, we already mentioned this, but people just want to do something and we forget how powerful prayer can be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of my friends always says that, you know, prayer, sometimes we think about it as like it takes time. Like we have to sit down. We have to spend the time in prayer. But like prayer is not ever wasting time. It's yeah. saving time. You know, like it's preventative. Like it's it's action. It is the most that we can do. And let me tell you, if you pray with faith and you actually bring that to the table, like it's wild, it's literally wild what can happen. We are also are adopted moms. We haven't talked about that. Our, here's something that is super cool about Deborah and I. Well, lots of things, but here's one of the things. Our <laughs> kids actually lived at the same place before we had brought them home. So mm-hmm. her son, Ronnell, who, how old is Ronnell now? Um, let me not get this wrong. Ronnell's 13. Just turned 13. And Amos is 9. So yeah. they were at the same place. And actually, um, I'll let you tell the story, but um, Aaron and I, while we were in the process of adopting Amos and Story, we would take teams down to Haiti because I have lots of opinions on mission trips, but one thing that I really loved is that we were already going to be going to Haiti to visit our kids. We always thought, why not take other people and let them like see Haiti, love Haiti? Our whole goal in every trip that we took was to take everyone with us to lots of different ministries and pray that God would impress one on their heart to support. So that was kind of why how we led trips and why we did it. But you were on, was it my first? It was our first trip to lead, I think. Yes, yes. And you came. It was your first trip to lead, yes. And I came. I came and didn't really know anybody on the team. You didn't know anybody. <laughs> yeah, that was a huge step. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. Okay, so tell everyone what happened on that trip. So we went on a trip with all of these people from around the, wait, wait, were most of them from Tennessee? No. No. No, Anyway. Actually, they were, okay, so I have a picture that I just looked at the other day because I attached it to a blog. I put a blog up the other day that our friend that we know, Tara Livesey, wrote about visiting Haiti or working in Haiti or something. It was a guest post I did this summer. And I attached a picture to it from our very first trip. 
And it was me and you, Amy Gayhart, Ginger Swan, Kim Rhodes, Crystal Crystal. Gafford, and um, I'm missing one, Sarah, Sarah Hyatt. Yes. And out of all of those ladies, yourself, Sarah, Kim, Crystal has adopted, not from Haiti, but they've all adopted. Yes. Thank you. Emmy, yes. Okay, so carry on with that trip. <laughs> okay, so that trip was um, pretty wild because we had already um, heard of Ronell and heard his story online just from following a blog that Real Hope for Haiti was putting out at that time. Um, so our kids were really attached to him because we had just kind of said, "Hey, let's pray for this. Let's pray for this little boy." And they knew our heart was geared toward adoption, so they kept calling him their brother. And we were like, oh, guys, you know, like, let's pray for him. You You know, we didn't, (laughs) yeah, we, we had this whole scenario already made up, you know, that we were going to adopt a baby, a newborn, like had, you know, no thought on our forefront of adopting an older child. But I went to Haiti with thoughts um, to meet him specifically was one of the main, main purposes. And so I will never forget the day we walked up to Real Hope for Haiti because your kids were there. You had already been matched with them. And so I kind of stood in the back. I think I was taking pictures of you and Aaron, like, you know, hugging them. I think it might have been Aaron's first time to meet them or something along that line. I had been there in January to meet them for the first time, and this was May, and it was Aaron's first time to meet our kids. Yeah, and so I was just kind of hanging back, like, taking in that moment from afar, (laughs) sneaking in on your moment. But it was really beautiful, emotional. And then, you know, just kind of walking around the center as people were showing us around, like, looking for Ronell the whole time. I probably heard nothing else that anybody said. I was just looking for this one little boy. And, um, And I saw him. I'll never forget seeing him across the courtyard and just, like, whoa, like, my heart just stopped. Like, there he is. There is that little boy that we had been praying for. And like, it was, it was like, I was so um, shy to go and talk to him, which is kind of funny when you think about it. But like, I had to drum up every ounce of bravery in my soul to walk over to this little boy and be like, hi, you don't even speak my language, but, but I want to talk to you. And, and he just smiled really big. And like, I asked to take his picture. And so I took his picture with a few other boys. And then I asked like a big dork if he would just take his picture with me so that I could take it to the kids. And I remember just being so embarrassed, but yet loving every second of it. Cause you and were so I, actually thinking about adoption. So, I mean, we weren't, but we were, you know, like the kids had kind of started talking about, Hey, he's our brother. So it was in my head, but it was just, it was just like fighting the 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 thing of what I had always thought would be right. to what might be. Yeah, you know, he was nine, right? Right, he yeah. was. Old. Well, he we didn't know his born. age at that time. Yeah, I think they thought he was about seven or so. And so, anyway, the rest of that day, I hung out with him. Like, I, there are pictures of us coloring together, and you know, he asked me like at one point he like tapped me I don't remember how I even understood what he was saying but he asked me can I keep these crayons in this coloring book and I was like sure and I remember him turning around and some little a little girl trying to grab them from him and seeing his like fierceness come out like the first time I ever saw his attitude like because everything else was super sweet and like (laughs) so it was really it was wild and I think that honestly on that trip it was, it was like so sobering. It was the first time I'd been on many mission trips or 
seen a lot of the world, but had never seen um, a third world country like like up close. It really changed, I think, the dynamics of my life in many ways. Um, I came back with knowledge of this child and did not know what to do with it. I really didn't. We had recently just left. Um, we lived in Abilene. We were working at a church there, and we recently just moved back to Houston and kind of trying to figure out what our next step was going to be. Um, and like now is the time to adopt a child when we like basically don't even have a job. I don't, I don't know that that works, you know, (laughs) that someone would even let us do this. And so, um, it was just crazy, but we just kept moving forward. And one day, um, because of that trip, because of meeting him there, meeting Leisha, like she wrote a blog that said, um, we just need a family to do some water walking. I'll never forget that with Ronell's picture. And like, we need someone to commit to him today. And that was it. Like we committed to him after that. So you and I both know it was a long road because that was, you know, two years before he came home and Ronnell came home after the earthquake. Like Amos did. Tell me about that real quick. So we were, so Jamie and I actually talked a lot after the earthquake, random phone calls. We, I think we were at a youth event, like Ernest was speaking at some D now or something. And like I needed, I was in Dallas and needed to get a passport picture right away. I had to drive back from Dallas with a newborn who, who I was nursing on the, yeah, on how the, old was he, he was like three weeks old. I was going to say you had like, he was newborn. new, 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 new. Yeah. So anyway, we, it was crazy. We, um, did a lot of paperwork really fast because our adoptions were kind of in a middle state. Um, they were finished in the eyes of Haitian government in many ways, but not necessarily, um, in the eyes of the United States. So they were, but lo and behold, we were granted what was called a humanitarian parole, what we thought was going to save our life (laughs) and bring our children home. And, and in fact, they did for, and we were with um, Aaron and Jamie the night that Amos came home. We were doing this benefit concert that we all put on for, to, to raise money for the earthquake events. And all of our kids were supposed to come home on this plane together. I didn't even and, see you that night, did I? No, yeah. no. And so Aaron and Jamie, or Aaron was going to leave that night or, it was, yeah, that he was like, playing a show for yeah, that. Yeah, he was playing a show. Uh-huh. Yeah, I couldn't figure out how to say that. Yeah, he was playing a show that night, and I hadn't seen you guys, so I knew that a lot was going on, and then we kind of got a call that basically just said, hey, you know, a lot of the kids are coming home tonight. Rennell got left behind. Like, he cannot come. Papers stopped him at the plane. Like, he, they took him all the way to the plane and like they just wouldn't let him on basically and we didn't really know why we didn't understand it was it was terrible it was like the worst time of my life probably that night standing at this concert to benefit Haiti and like I hated Haiti at that moment and so um Aaron and Jamie took off I didn't even see it I never saw you yep got on a plane and like watched all of that go down um I would say that that night I probably thought that our our process was over. I didn't know what else we could do. It felt a little defeating, Mm -hmm. but thankfully by the next morning, there was 
you know, different motion in hand, like, Hey, I can like so many people have so many connections. Let's just put it that way. Social media went crazy when they heard that Ronell did not come home. Um, so Ernest got like on some kind of private flight to Haiti. Like, Hey, do you want to get on this flight to go advocate for your son? Basically. So and basically, so let me just yeah. set the scene for everyone else as well. That's yeah. listening. This country has been demolished by an earthquake 10 days earlier from when mm-hmm. Amos came home and Ronald was supposed to be home. So the country was in, it was, it's already a chaotic place. It was like mass chaos. So right. we were getting hundred different things coming from a hundred different people of it'll be tonight. It'll be tomorrow. This time, this time. I mean, we actually, yeah, we got on a plane from Houston that night and just said, we just need to get to Florida. Like, we did not even know where they were coming in. We just knew we needed to get to Florida. And so when um, Ronell didn't get on that plane and didn't come home, what my favorite part of this whole story is that y'all were like, well, we'll, we're going to Haiti. And the thing is, you couldn't just go to Haiti right then. They weren't, you couldn't get into the country. but, But Ernest is like, I'm going, I'm going to get my son. I don't care what you tell me. I'm going to Haiti, which is something that all of us would have done after being in the adoption process for two years, fighting for this kid to come home. And then someone's like, yeah, he's not coming home. You're like, well, (laughs) he is. Okay. So Ernest flies to Haiti. And then what happens? So so he flew to Haiti and we, I don't know, he had to do a lot of paperwork there too. Whatever paperwork was missing. I think it was something with fingerprints. I don't even remember anymore um they kept misplacing it it was like the same thing over and over so he did like fingerprints four times while he was in haiti he was in haiti ended up being this is crazy wait for it 10 days in the haitian embassy with ronell um they literally slept there um they had lots of pictures of washing their hair in the sink in the bathroom like no lie um they not getting to know they, one another they ate MREs, like Ernest, poor guy, gained like 10 or 12 pounds because MREs are like so, I don't know, Nasty. Philly or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anyway, and we were doing paperwork here. It got crazy, like the BBC called to do radio shows with us. And like, let me keep I, reminding everyone, you had a three-week-old. I had a, well, by this time it was probably like four or five weeks, so but it was like, <laughs> it was like, um, the like I had the White House you know, on my phone, like calling the White House. It was crazy um, trying to figure out. And Ernest would just call me from the embassy and say, okay, Deborah, I need you to do this, this, and this. I need you to call this person, this person, this person. And I would just get off the phone and cry like, what am I supposed to do? I'm just nursing a baby. But um, somehow it all worked out. And like 10 days later, besides Ernest saying, hey, I'm not leaving this country without him. Like you may have to come here. Granted, he was working, like, a full-time job at this point um, and, you know, like, had, had just left work. And if I lose my job, oh, well, like, this is this is what we're doing. And, you know, I'm, like, a nervous wreck at home. Like, he's going to lose his job. We we already don't have any money. Like, he just got the job. Four just, old. <laughs> and, like, this is it. And he would he would literally tell me on the phone, you may have to move here. You may have to move here because I'm not leaving without him. And, like, I don't know if you recall, there was just this earthquake that happened there. <laughs> like, I don't even, I mean, are we going to live at the embassy? I'm just saying. And so 10 days later, Ronell came home. Their paperwork finally finished. There was a lot of drama, but it was so, it was worth every second of the drama to see him come down the escalator and just be home. And like, he knew, I mean, like there is, even today, there's not a shadow of a doubt that for him to know that he was fought for, like he cannot ever say that because he saw it every single day for 10 days, his dad fighting for him. 
in the Haitian embassy. Um, Ronell background on Ronell is that both of his parents died when he was little, just a little boy, maybe before he was four. He literally with his eyes watched his mother die. And so he did not have, there were not a lot of scenarios for Ronell um, to stay in Haiti. And so, you know, it was, he knew this and, and sometimes that sucks, you know, because we know that we will never be Ronell's first choice. I know that I'm, I'm not ever trying to take the place of, of his first mom, but that moment he knew that this family for whatever reason loved him and was fighting for him. And it gave him a little bit of freedom to just, okay, I like these people. <laughs> And it was good and sweet. And I mean, crazy because, you know, I'm sure your kids maybe did the same thing. But Ronell came. The first thing he wanted to eat was pizza. I guess all he had ever heard of in the United States was pizza. And so we had to borrow a car to go home from the um, airport because our car didn't even fit all of us. And I didn't have time to buy a car, too. And so then we, like, pick up a pizza, sit around the dining room table. The 10 o'clock news came on, like, like seconds after we sat down and Ronell was the top story on the news. And so this kid that comes home to this great, you know, like welcome is now seeing himself on TV. Like I just thought, thank you God for rolling it out for this child who has had it so rough in like terms of losing his family and now losing the people that he loved at the rescue center. That wasn't lost on me that he lost that. Yeah. And so like, bringing him to a, to a crazy place. But for a little while, there was a lot of fanfare for him. He pretended like he didn't, he didn't notice it. He was too cool for it, but he totally noticed it. (laughs) I can never hear a coming home story and not cry. I'm, I'm crying over here. (laughs) They were great. And all of ours, we went to Haiti together, this group, just so all of you know, we, we took this trip that Jamie talked about and all of us brought our kids home, like within After days of each other. Yeah, After all of us. Earthquake. So that was, it was wildly emotional. And it, I think it tied us together for a yeah, long time. For sure. When we were waiting for Amos in the airport, you know, we waited all night. Uh, Dave and Kim Rhodes, the, I, I believe their son was the first one to come out. And it was just <laughs> like, oh my gosh, that means my son is back there. They're really coming home. <laughs> this is really happening. Oh my gosh. <laughs> all that go down on Twitter, on my phone, in yes. my bed. I was still, like, so upset, but so happy. Like, you know, so yeah, hurt for myself. Thing, so hurt yes. for but so, so ecstatic yeah. for you guys and that this was happening. So, uh, so great. So fun. So we both yeah. have four kids. Crazy, yes. crazy. Crazy life. <laughs> crazy um, okay, before we go, I need to know two things. The, what you're reading or the last book you read and the last movie you saw. Okay, so what I'm reading, so I started, like, as in first few paragraphs of um, Free Fall to Fly. Okay. I want to read it so fast. Rebecca Lyons, Uh yep. Um, I left it on the plane. I I just recently went to Greece to visit A21, and on the way back, um, I was planning on reading, but then they had this thing where you could watch all these movies, like new releases, Uh, and so I got caught up in movies and did not Sorry, Rebecca Lyons, but you're on my list to finish, okay? So I I want to read I've heard great, great things about it. Um, A lot of our staff, peeps, women, whatever, um, have read it, and it's really really great from what I hear. I've heard great things, too. Uh, The last thing I've watched. Okay, do you hear the doorbell? 
Did your doorbell? Yeah, that means my kids are home. Oh, oh no. <laughs> you need to go? In just a minute. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> oh, now they're knocking. Oh, my gosh. They want in. <laughs> <laughs> are they just going to stand there? Nobody what are you going to do? with them. <laughs> um, okay, last movie. Last movie. Oh, man. Last movie. Um, 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 um. The last movie that I can remember seeing is um, the Disney, Disney, the Mary Poppins. What is it? Oh, about with Tom Hanks? Yes. Okay, I didn't yes. see it. I know what you're Hanks. talking about. Yes, and it was really good. I can't, I can't believe I can't remember the name. Terrible. Terrible. Um, okay, so it was really good. I didn't expect for it to be emotional at all. Like, I didn't expect to cry, and I totally cried. Aww. Yeah. Like, lots of tears, lots of tears. Um, but it was good. So, what about you? Last uh, night, you. Well, Aaron and I watched a movie last night, believe it or not. We just got in from out of town, and we watched this movie called Ragamuffin, which is about Rich oh, Mullins. Awesome. Like, I, I am a Rich it. Mullins fan, and so I really liked it. Okay, so how do I get it? I think you have to buy it on, like, iTunes or something. Um, okay, small. And it's just called Rich Mullins? No, it's called Ragamuffin. Oh, it's called Ragamuffin. Hello. Um, I already told you the last book I read, Girls Like Us, by Rachel Lloyd, which after I finished it, I sent out an email to, like, everybody I've ever met in my entire life and said, you have to read this book. Yes, I totally updated myself on it because I thought I need to remember since you were really passionate about it. I got an email I saw on Facebook. I was like, okay. This book, it's like the next, what was the Shane Claiborne book that we all read for a while? Irresistible Revolution. Yeah, Irresistible this book Revolution. Is, it's kind of like that it's in a way. It's so good. And it was just so, it's hers, it's a memoir, which I love. It's my favorite type of book. But it's her story, but she also tells a story of girl after girl after girl that's mm-hmm. been through their program at Gems, which is in New York City. I mean, mm-hmm. just, I would like, I, I read it a lot on vacation, which is weird. It's I don't recommend it for like a vacation read because it's not. <laughs> It's not happy at all, but I mean, it is redemptive in some ways, but I would finish a chapter and I'd have to close it and put it down because I told Aaron, I was like, my mind does not even have a spot for what I just read. Like it doesn't have, there's not a place in my brain for what I'm reading. It it does not make sense that a 12 year old would be sold for sex. Like that does not make sense. So it's good. So good. I think everyone should read it. So Rachel Lloyd, I just saw this this morning when I Googled her. She was voted, like, top ten women that have shaped New York City. Wow. Is that crazy? That's crazy. Okay, I'm having oh, I'm having a little book club in my house over this book. I emailed her to see if she'd Skype in with us. Oh, this is so awesome. She won't, though. She's too busy. You never know. That's what I thought. I'm like, I'm going to ask her anyways. You never know. Never I was like, know. just ten minutes. Yeah. Ten minutes. Everyone has ten minutes. <laughs> I mean, I would love if if you do that. I'm skyping in. I'm just okay. You're, com- you're I'm going to Skype you in on another camera to the book club. Ah, uh, <laughs> great. Okay, well, strike down. Since my whole family's home, it looks okay. like my hour of podcasting is over. Yeah, Deborah, thank you so it. much. I thank love I asking. love everything you're doing. I love everything about your life. Um, you're doing great things, and I just love it. Thanks, thanks. Same back to you, sister. And I'll put all uh, kinds of stuff about For Her and everything we talked about in the show notes so people can find it. And maybe even it'll. this podcast will encourage someone to maybe seek out something in their city. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Definitely.
All right. Well, have fun. All right. Have a good weekend. You too. Okay. Talk see ya. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Okay, I told you Deborah was awesome. I hope you enjoyed the happy hour today. Um, it's been a long time since I put up a podcast because y'all, it's been summer vacation and I have been hanging out with my family nonstop and it has been amazing. Aaron and I have been to Mexico. We've been to the beach with the kids. We've been to a lake with the kids and now my kids are going back to school because we do year-round school. So summer has been awesome, but it has also been hard to podcast. So I look forward to the fall having amazing guests um, to bring to you each week. I think you're going to love the people that I have set up to share their stories with you and talk about life. So I hope you enjoyed Deborah. I love her heart. I love her ministry. I love all she's doing. If you have any questions, um, I'll put everything up from today's talk on my blog, jamieiv.com. Any link that we talk about will be there. If you have any questions for Deborah or myself, leave a comment. We'd love to chat with you about it there. So until next time, friends, have a great week. Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Subscribe today to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode.